Welcome to this week in Missouri Politics, our annual show at the Le at the Farm Bureau Legislative Conference. We are at the headquarters of Farm Bureau with a bunch of Farm Bureau members in the audience. Big round of applause. Yeah. And the president of Farm Bureau and the leader of rural Missouri, Garrett Hawkins, thank you for the hospitality. Hey, we are always glad to host, Scott. So I saw you had an amb ambassador. You've had folks come in and out. Tell us what the legislative conference is meant to achieve. Well, our, our annual legislative briefing is kind of the flagship event for Farm Bureau during the state legislative mm -hmm. session. And as we think about the agenda for not just our organization, but the policies that we fight for that impact all of Missourians, our best work is done when members come to the Capitol and help us amplify the voice. Because ultimately, policymakers here see our members at home, but they love to see our members here walking the halls sure. as well. So, so that's really cool and the true heart and soul of what we do at the legislative briefing. That's something I think folks can almost overlook. It matters to a person from, they're down here from Chillicothe, let's say, and then their old ag teacher that's a farm that's in the Farm yeah. Bureau comes down and, and, and that, that, that is a very different look and it matters. They may see lobbyists all day, but to see an actual leader of their community take the time to drive down, drive up, all, all ways you get here, that really makes a difference. It's not an easy trip and the nope. planning that has to happen on the farm in order to be away for essentially <laughs> two days, right? I mean, and weather setting in, so we have a lot on our minds, but clearly from the members that are here, you see the commitment to helping tell the story of agriculture and that's what's cool about this event. Let's talk about uh, some things that have, uh, that you're, well, kind of the capstone, I think, of, of our kind of pre-session stuff, before session really gets in, is our Statesman of the Year event. Farm Bureau was, we were so honored that we got to kind of combine events and honor Senator Blunt. Gosh, I think somebody counted, we had six, 700 people come to honor him. I thought it was especially nice. Senator McCaskill came, and in an age where everybody's at each other's throats, you saw two people that would be at each other's throats over policy and voting, but had mutual respect as Missourians and folks that cared about the state. You know, this was probably the largest crowd that we've had in the Missouri Farm Bureau building in, in some time. And last night, for instance, I had the chance to, to say hello to former St. Louis Mayor yeah. Francis Slay. That was the first time he has ever set foot in the Farm Bureau building. But when you think about it, the people that were here, I hope that they think about farmers and ranchers at least three times a day, right? Breakfast, lunch, too, yeah. and dinner. <laughs> and we had the chance to do what we do best, and that's take care of folks and provide a, a great meal last night and, and just enjoy the company and to truly celebrate someone who has touched the lives of Missourians yeah. over and over again, and that's Senator Blunt. You know, we had the chance to give him American Farm Bureau's highest honor, the Golden Plow Award, the highest honor that's given by the organization to a sitting member of the Senate and then a sitting member of the House. Time and time again, Roy has gone to bat for Ag and Rural America, and our national organization recognizes that, and so it was pretty cool to be able to, in addition to your honor of being Statesman of the Year, but for us to also award him with the Golden Plow. Nyang Quazone, Roy Blunt. Let's talk about an issue that I love to talk about with you because your eyes light up. It, now, talk about getting rural broadband to his hometown in Niagara in Webster County. What is the status right now? There's federal money available. I, nobody watches this closer than you. What is the status of the money is there actually getting somebody online? Well, I mean, the reality is the legislature is doing what it does, right? The governor has presented a plan, a $400 million plan a $400 million opportunity for this state, right? The legislature is doing its work now as it pours through all 
uses of the funds that the government that the governor has set forth and ultimately they will move it forward that's what we need to see happen you know we haven't we're still continuing to pour through every detail but in reality we know that we need hard infrastructure across this state in the middle mile but ultimately whatever it's going to take to connect that last mile to the farm and ranch and rural homestead you know scott this is about bringing the kids home it's about taking care of our seniors and making sure that our communities are thriving as we think about what is that lifeline what is that thread broadband is that critical infrastructure that we need now broadband enables us to continue to advance rural health care and health care all across the state for that matter it helps us to advance education it helps us to adopt precision ag technologies that can blow our minds with what's yeah. actually out there that we can adopt on the farm this is a prime example uh, of the governor showing leadership and seeing that we have a critical opportunity and he's rising to the challenge to help us meet it. If there's a there's almost a uh, knee-jerk reaction, oh, the, the Senate can't pass them, the House can't pass them, oh, just adjourn the, the public safe. Not this time. This, Not this, time. this money needs to be spent. This money will never be spent by private entities. It's going to have to be the government. And if, you're, if you think the government should build a road, you, ha or you, you, you think the government should have helped with co-ops to bring electricity. This is truly the first time that Niangua, probably since Roy Blunt lived in Niangua, had been running around Niangua, Niangua could grow with rural broadband. And that's the first time you could credibly say, we have a path to growing rural Missouri is with this rural broadband. So $2.6 billion, right, from the American Rescue Plan Act that has been given to Missouri. And of course, every state is wrestling with decisions as to how, invest those, how to invest those dollars. Here's the reality. These dollars are being leveraged on the futures of our kids and grandkids, yep. right? I mean, we are spending money that our federal government does not have. And it behooves us that we be at the table helping our legislators make sound decisions as to how to invest those dollars. And as you think about the future and those who are going to follow us, we better think about infrastructure that is going to allow those who come behind us to, to succeed. Well, and I think the key point is it's not as though if Missouri doesn't spend this money, they're going to cut your taxes. It's not as though they're going to not borrow from China. They're going to keep the money and send it to yes. California, not in Montauk County, the one out west. They're going to send it to New York, Florida. This money will be spent. We just have to get ours. And really, it's, it's not even you have to raise the revenue. You just have to spend it. It should be the easy part, right? It should be the easy part. But the legislature is going to grapple with, right, the, the mm -hmm. details. And I know we heard from our director of agriculture, Chris Chin, yesterday. She and other cabinet members were at a hearing as the legislature pours through you know, the governor's plan for, for ARPA dollars. And so these discussions are going to be ongoing. But you better believe that we're going to continue to be at the table to talk about the common sense ways to invest these dollars. You know, in fact, we're encouraging our county leaders to make sure that they're having conversations with county commissioners, with their local mayors. Conversations are happening right now all across the state about how to invest dollars that are ultimately going to pour into our localities. Let's talk about an issue that Farm Bureau has been on the front end for, since there was a Farm Bureau. It's property rights. Yep. Uh, there's... You know, folks talk about the clean line kind of inspired some legislation, but in reality, uh, whether whatever anybody thinks about that project, it may have given folks a look inside of what is legal and maybe what shouldn't be. Going forward, to me, you've moved property rights from something everybody kind of talked about, but now there's like bills in committees, and you've, you've just <laughs> bird-dogged this issue to where I believe you really will see a, there's a credible path forward to now having a property rights bill that whether 
whether I think anybody that, that gets into the individual projects where they use eminent domain, I think everybody agrees this could take, somebody should take a look at this and make sure this is what we want. You know, one of the cool aspects of Farm Bureau members is our long memories. And our members remember key battles in property rights through the years. And it still reverberates the U.S. Supreme Court decision in Kelo versus New London. Yep. And the resulting conversations that happened within the grassroots of Farm Bureau that resulted in Missouri adopting reforms that were the gold standard at any state across the country back in 2006. But in 2006, we didn't have a Grain Belt Express. We weren't yep. talking about merchant transmission lines. We weren't talking about all these uh, issues with the power grid. You pick up the Wall Street Journal last weekend and they were talking again about needing to shore up the grid. Now it behooves us that we have a comprehensive discussion about eminent domain reform in this era as we think about power transmission. Grain Belt, though, was the catalyst that is forcing the conversation, mm -hmm. but we within Farm Bureau are painting the broader picture as to what's at stake. I mean, a lot of folks don't know, Scott, that within the infrastructure bill that passed and signed into law, there's language that gives the federal government more ability to pull oversight authority to the feds and away from states who have always had primacy mm -hmm. over siting for projects. And so there are things like this happening all over the place. And by gosh, Missouri has led in the past when it comes to protecting property rights. And we within Farm Bureau are saying to our policymakers, Missouri needs to lead again. And that's what we're talking about this session. And it's not enough to say I told you so on Grain Belt. I mean, that's nice and everybody likes to be right. But I think the next thing is, you know, make sure whatever, however the process is used again, it's used in the best way that protects counties in rural Missouri from especially the federal government. Good Lord, I didn't know that. I mean, Scott, we are in the crosshairs because we are at the cross section of the country. Mm -hmm. You know, no one says it better than Senator Blunt when he talks about the opportunity for Missouri in terms of where we lie with our access to, to rivers, to highways, et cetera. But it also cuts the other way too, that people need our property as they think about the future of power transmission. And, and by gosh, we understand the need for a solid grid and to plan for the future. At the same time, we expect our rights to be protected. You need us. Because of private landowners, we are the envy of the world in our infrastructure. And by gosh, as we think about these future policies, we need to continue to be a part of the discussion and protections need to be in place. Missouri should lead on this issue. We get shown all around the state. Probably our flagship station is St. Louis, ABC. Uh, if you're someone watching this out in Winsville or O'Fallon or Afton, explain to that person why what you do at the legislative day is important. They may be watching and thinking, oh, these are just old rural Missouri guys, Butler County guys, single County guy going on. Why does this matter to someone in, in those suburban areas? Well, I'd say for all of us Missourians, property rights kind of <coughs> hits to the core, right? Yep. Whether you're a homeowner or you own a lot or, or whatever, property rights are, are important. But ultimately, when rural Missouri is strong, our entire state is strong. We are an economic driver and the jobs that are tied to agriculture never seem to, are just astounding. Yeah. And so breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I will say it time and time again, it really boils down Well, as you down can tell, to... I'm a good customer. <laughs> and we appreciate that. <laughs> I, mean, I think one guy deserves a shout out though. You know, I've watched this happen is, you'll see a whole caucus of Republicans have supermajority, they have a supermajority of rural guys in the supermajority caucus, but they'll vote for folks maybe in leadership that's from St. Louis or Kansas City 
and then they don't really get much bang for their buck. They, they lose a lot in transmission. Dean Plocker, the floor leader in the house, he has been the exception to that rule. He has really dug in. I, I tell you, I don't. I always say he's from town and country. I think he's really from the country side of town and country. I mean, that guy has been there on rule issues almost every time, leading in some ways we can't even get rule guys to lead on. He's the one you've convinced. What, I mean, what goes into that, and how important is that when you've got a guy literally from St. Louis County that is actually taking up the ball and, and, and helping rule members get their priorities done? No, it was really neat. Our our members had the chance to hear from the majority floor leader yesterday as a part of our panel discussion. And you can see, he's got a handle on these yeah. issues. And what I hear and see from him is that, again, he shares our vision for one Missouri. It's not urban versus rural. And he understands from where he lives and who he represents that he can be a uniter. That's what I see. And that's what excites me. And I appreciate the fact that he is taking interest in issues like private property rights like uh, value-added agriculture. So he understands that agriculture is an economic driver. He doesn't have to know every intimate detail of our industry, but at the end of the day, we need him as we think about the agenda that's going to, to benefit all of Missouri. And, and agriculture is a part of that. And the next one. And the next Dean Plocker. I think that's just an important thing. Sometimes I think we don't, we don't really get a full freight on some of these leadership races unless you demand it. You're not, and, and the work you've done, other ag groups have done to cultivate relationships like that, I think you see it pay off. And I think, you know, when you talk about a, a real property rights bill update, the reason is you've got your rule guys and now you've got a city guy that's sometimes more rule than some of, the, some of the rule guys themselves, you know? Yep. And again, as we think about, you know, we, our members, our grassroots policies, we truly believe that they reflect the values and the interests of all Missourians the things that we work for. I mean, they may be a Farm Bureau priority, but at the same time, the common sense views of our members impact all Missourians in a positive way. And again, you hit to the core of private property rights, common sense regulation, pro-business policies, all these things that we fight for uh, every day truly have an impact on all of Missouri. And it was really neat to be able to showcase that last night in partnering with you for this event to honor Roy Blunt. Well, Garrett, thank you for the hospitality, and we hope you'll come back as session unfolds and talk about these things as it maybe slowly but still does wind toward May. <laughs> it's a slog, but you know what? Farm Bureau is in it to win it, and we're going to continue every day to talk about the issues that, impacts a lot, that impact the lives of our members, and appreciate the chance to be with you. Thank you for being here. We'll be right back with a full panel of some Farm Bureau members to talk about Everything happened in rural Missouri, but first go to showmissouri.com. This is Missouri one county at a time. Cape Girardeau County, Peter Kinder, Judge Steve Wimble, the Farm Bureau President, uh, Presiding Commission. We all sit down and talk about everything in the history of Cape County. This is Show Missouri, the history of Missouri one county at a time. We'll be right back after this. All across Missouri, our new car and truck dealers are building strong local economies. When you buy a car or truck in Missouri, you're helping to support over 20,000 Missouri families who rely on the auto industry for good-paying local jobs. You're also helping fund our communities, schools, first responders, and our roads because dealers generate millions of dollars in tax revenue. Missouri's automobile dealers have been the foundation of our communities for generations and for generations to come. The Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, the heart of Missouri. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. 
It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right-to-work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. Your energy needs are changing. That's why at Ameren, Missouri, we're not waiting on the future. We're building it with the Smart Energy Plan, advancing thousands of projects across the state, helping reduce emissions through cleaner energy sources, boost reliability with self-healing equipment, and better withstand storms with new composite poles. Moving Missouri forward and bringing us all a little closer together. That's energy at work, Ameren, Missouri. Welcome back this week in Missouri politics. We are still here at the Legislative Conference of the Missouri Farm Bureau at the headquarters of the Missouri Farm Bureau in Jeff City with a ton of Farm Bureau members. Thank you all for the hospitality. And I'm joined now by Brian Kagey, head of the Young Farmers and Ranchers, DeKalb County, right? Yeah, glad to be here. Welcome to the show. Now, Andy Jackson, I think folks have high expectations of your wit and charm on the show. Oh, always have wit and charm. From Adair County, you can't hang around Nate Walker and not have a, a double dose of wit and charm, right? <laughs> Adair County, or basic, something. basic good, good people there, yes. <laughs> uh, Chris Brundick from Marys County, just down the road here. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Thank you so much. And the folks that watch this show will recognize Todd Hayes, the Vice President of the Missouri Farm Bureau, Monroe County. Todd, let's start off about broadband. That's what we talked about earlier. It is, I just don't think there's anything more vital to having a rural way of life than rural broadband. Scott, you're, you're exactly right. And I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And uh, as we talked earlier, and we've been talking this for several years, needing, needing infrastructure in place out in rural Missouri, um, I think last year and a half we found out primarily a big reason why we need it. We saw so many schools were being kids who had to learn from home and they didn't have the access to broadband to do that learning from home. They took a tablet or something from school. Um, so yeah, it's, it's doing that and we're and also seeing even our little town of Monroe City. We're seeing young folks moving back in the area, young families moving back in the area because they're starting to get some good enough reliable connectivity in town. Now it hasn't quite, quite got out to the rural areas everywhere yet. There's a few places that have from some of the RECs that had some fiber for the last 10 years, but they got on early on and got some things done. But we're seeing that move forward no different than we saw electrification or rural water 15, 20, 30 years ago. So it's, it's going to be a big help for the rural communities. Brian, I don't think you could credibly have said your generation would have a chance in large numbers to live the life that you got to grow up living in DeKalb County until rural broadband. And now you're seeing the leaders in the state and the federal government putting their money where their mouth is finally. Yeah, I think it's great um, to have that opportunity to live virtually anywhere, especially in these rural communities that instill such great values that you can't have that unless you have that connectivity in today's age. Chris Brundig, I have a theory that if you're gonna ask a Farm Bureau member about property rights, you better have a little bit of time on your hands. Tell me about property rights and what issues y'all working on now. Well, thanks for the question, Scott. So you already touched on earlier today some of the issues current, but with uh, with our president about property rights. But I think the thing to remember is that property rights is much more than just land or dirt. You know, it's uh, it's it's your health, it's your money, it's your family. Nearly everything you own is property rights. And Missouri Farm Bureau, yes, our focus is on our land and keeping our land for our farmers, but it's also important to remember these other topics. You know, historically speaking, Missouri Farm Bureau, I got involved back in the late 80s or so, mostly over the Natural Streams Act, if you can possibly remember that. And that was, that was one of the first 
first times that we saw an open violation of property rights. And whether it is that you're being affected because of some salamander or a threatened species or an endangered species that's just on somebody's hit list, these are things that we're always going to be out there watching for you on Missouri Farm Bureau and uh, just how it affects people in their lands. Now we also like to talk about the transmission lines and earlier you talked about the grain belt. Well, as, as Garrett so eloquently put it, grain belt is a much, it, it is the tip of the spear, but, but there's been a lot of other issues mm -hmm. such as the Rock Island line, which is something that I am directly affected by and uh, own land on, but, but also the things in the future that are coming. That's what we want to keep our eye on. You know, it's interesting, folks will fight all day long about having to wear a mask but then they'll watch some other guy get his property taken forever. And we feel like that that's very wrong. Number one, there should not, in my opinion at least, well in this organization's opinion to be quite honest with you, we do not believe that there should ever be a takings where private entities benefit financially from it, and at least not without significant compensation to the landowners. That's, you know, we, we firmly believe in the right of eminent domain when it comes to servicing individuals in the state, our roads and bridges and things that are necessary and benefit the state of Missouri. There's absolutely no doubt that we want these things for, but it needs to benefit the citizens of the state of Missouri, not just a private venture company. Let me just tell you, I, the, you, when you see a guy like that, you want to say amen. Amen. I thought I, I was waiting for one. Now tell me about Thank a Farmer Week. Thank a Farmer Week. Well, uh, throughout, because of our organization, our, our uh, Missouri Farm Bureau organization, uh, the overall purpose is certainly to raise the visibility of uh, the importance of agriculture, individuals who eat three times a day, uh, individuals Some who have the, have the uh, and and more and more <laughs> and and those of us involved within uh, you know production production situations, but the uh, agricultural business, it's simply a time to pause and say we are so grateful and so uh, fortunate in our country to have strong agricultural. Uh, um, products available for us, but it's also to say, to pause and say uh, thank you for the economic impact that is made in our communities by, by the, uh, the overall agricultural industry. So Thank a Farmer Week is simply a time to, to uh, for communities and in each county, each county organization, uh, County Farm Bureau organization has an opportunity to do different uh, activities. Uh, on, in our community of Kirksville, the, uh, the business people on, on, uh, on the Baltimore Strip, uh, on their marquees, they have Thank a Farmer, Thank a Farmer on that specific week. A lot of individuals that are involved within our organization will go into the schools and uh, certainly uh, talk about the importance of agriculture, read to the students in those, you know, in, in classrooms. Those are just some of the activities. Each community has, each organization has their own way of, of uh, strategizing and, and being, uh, uh, paying attention to what can, you know, what can uh, draw attention to the fact that farmers are important. Well, that, the, you know, it's always interesting. Farming is a very unique way of life, but really when you break down most of the topics in the larger economy, they affect farmers maybe even more acutely. Inflation, something. If it ain't on your mind, you ain't paying attention. Break down, Brian, how that inflation actually is imp impacting farmers right now. Yeah, I think uh, that's been what's really been foremost over the last several months um, is as inflation and supply chain issues continue to drive input prices up. That financial picture for any individual farmer is changing so rapidly. I think it's just uh, critical that we all look really closely at what our expenses are, risk coverage. Um, 
and the price increases are just part of it. It's, it's one thing if you've got to pay more for a product, it's another thing if you just can't get that product that you need. So I think it's, it's important that you uh, really plan ahead a bit farther than, than you probably normally have in the past and also scrutinize those financial numbers. Uh, make sure every dollar you're spending has a good return on investment. Ty, that brings me to a point I wanted to ask you. Last year, I think everybody left the Capitol knowing they failed, not reauthorizing these MASBA tax credits. That is something that has been very simple to do. It's a great return for the state. They failed to get that done. Is that going to happen this year? We feel like uh, that it's going to get done. The House has already passed it, so it's going to be waiting for the Senate to take it up. But uh, we, we as well were very disappointed in that as an organization because we know with uh, the things the Department of Ag does through, through MASBA, the, the part of that handles those tax credits, the small business part of that, um, is so critical in the rural areas. I mean, from, from years ago when we started putting up, producers were putting money into ethanol plants or biodiesel plants and trying to get added value to their products. So the tax credits helped them to afford them to be able to do those things. Now we've got close uh, folks down in the southeast Missouri, it's a peanut facility. Yep. You know, a tax credit there, and there's, there's newer things with some meat processing going on, and it's just an opportunity for producers to add value by further processing their own products to get to the consumer. We have a lot of consumers want to buy, purchase from the farmer directly. This gives a producer and maybe a group of producers an opportunity to put a facility together to further process something, a good product. It just for makes people. so much sense for Missouri to and, do. And, and so it's investment. So I you know, understand, you know, I think we're getting well over $3 back for every dollar tax credit that we invest in these facilities. So it's putting back in the rural communities, putting back to the rural, to the farmers, and the citizens of Missouri are getting good value out of that and getting good products. Chris, did he say meat processing? I, I kind of think I heard him say I something about did. meat processing. You know a little yeah. about that business now, don't you? Well, two years ago, if you'd asked me sitting here, I wouldn't have known a thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, because of the some of the uh, Trump money that was put into yeah. play for the, uh, the uh, small business when it comes to that, yes, we did open a slaughter facility in Mary's County. How's it going? It's it's on. We're not the only ones. You know, there's quite a few others. There was another one as well. But I'm telling you, everybody's busy. It's it's very busy. If any anybody out there is looking for part-time help, come see me after this interview here. <laughs> but uh, see me. <laughs> we 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 do have a retail store, but um, we. We slaughtered up for the first time like the last week of February last year, and since that time for a small facility, why we've done well over 700, probably close to 800 beef, and I can't tell you how much pork in the well, first year. We got a small time here left, we got a minute left, so tell me who won the week. I'm gonna make a prediction for who's gonna win the next week, and I think like that's it. Thank a Farmer Week, as Andy mentioned. Um, really a time to- I Andy uh, win some weeks. <laughs> <laughs> who won the week, man? FFA, this yeah. is the week. We pay tribute yep. to the, those that wear the blue. Who won the week, Chris? Well, I'm going to say that the Missouri Senate did not win the week this week. <laughs> yeah. You know, normally they don't even make minimum wage, but, but with the hours they've actually spent on the floor, I mean, they might be creeping up to minimum wage now. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Todd, who won the week? I'm going to say uh, Senator Blunt, uh, being recognized as uh, Statesman of the Year Award last night behalf of you and others and, and so many of us in our organization uh, support and really appreciate what the Senator has done so many years, whether it's been in Washington, D.C. at different capacities or even here in the state of Missouri at different capacities, his, his leadership, supporting of ag, agricultural issues, and always standing up for Missouri citizens. Um, he's a winner for this week. 
I'm going to say I, I agree with Todd, but I'm going to say Senator McCaskill. In a day where everybody's got a Facebook post or something mean to say and everybody's at each other's throat, I, uh, I enjoyed her comments last night when she came over to talk about someone who she said she agrees with very little politically on, but they both respect and love the state of Missouri. And that respect was very nice. It was nice to see her in a room full of folks honoring someone from the other party. Could use a little more of that. We hope you'll use a little more next This Week in Missouri Politics next week. We'll be back in our St. Louis studios. We'll see you then. This Week in Missouri Politics, sponsored by the Missouri Association of Career Fire Protection Districts, Spire, and Sterling Bank.